Welcome back. It is episode three of the Nourished Woman podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for giving yourself this moment for some nourishment. And if you have been with me for the last two episodes and you're joining again, thank you. I appreciate you. And I look forward to continuing this journey together. I just looked at the analytics just for fun. And this podcast is being listened to in five different countries, which is super cool and mind-blowing and very exciting that this community is around the world. So thank you for joining wherever you are today. And I look forward to sharing today's episode with you. I'm coming in with pretty high vibration. It's been a wonderful day. I've had some incredible soul conversations with some women in my community, in my sisterhood. And we've really just been talking about how important it is to support each other and to celebrate those little milestones and victories and just how much it means to have those connections and that sisterhood, um, to feel brave and courageous going forward in stepping into our power and our gifts and just truly embodying and living from a place of soul. My friend, dear friend, Samantha, I will give her a little shout out today. We were talking about how just the two of us in our connection and we met through a mutual friend and have really just had this beautiful relationship blossom on Instagram, sharing voice messages, um, how her and I connecting in that way and joining hands created such a light and frequency of love. And us joining hands, um, she described it as this visual of then we each have a hand on the outside. And then we go and touch another woman with our light and our love and join hands. And then she has a hand available and she touches. And just how it ripples, this connection and this frequency of love and high vibrational energy that is so needed right now. Um, It just starts with two people or even one, you being that light, you being that frequency of love and allowing yourself to be seen and shine and then how that inspires and gives others permission to do the same. Because we all came here with a unique gift and a purpose and now more than ever, the world needs you to shine that light and share that that frequency of love with the world. So it was great to connect with her today and celebrate some amazing things that are happening for her and her business. And she will be joining us on the podcast in the future. She is such a beautiful soul. And um, it just made me feel really inspired and empowered to continue sharing my own light and speaking from a place of love But also, again, why this 
this podcast was created was to bring on other women to share their stories and have those real honest conversations to get vulnerable and just be truly authentic and in the moment and celebrate and support each other and how powerful it is. So coming from such a wonderful, grateful energy today, I just finished recording an episode with Amanda from Fit Chicks, which will be coming out in the upcoming weeks. And it was really amazing to reflect back on where my journey in fitness and nutrition started because I did my certification with them. Definitely trying to think, I met Andy in 2012 and I would have started it maybe a year or two after that. So it's coming up to six years, I believe, since I've done that certification and connected with her. And to be able to reflect back on that journey and never would I have imagined that I would be featured on their podcast as a previous student. And it was so incredible to have that opportunity to talk about periods, talk about our menstrual cycle and how to live in flow, to talk about how as women, I've been noticing, um, and we'll talk about this as I, because today's episode, I'm going to share my story so that you can better understand why this work is so important to me and where um, my heart and intention comes from. But just that what I've noticed as I've been talking with other women in the last couple of weeks and even just doing my um, schoolwork, we'll call it for the um, program that I'm in um, as I'm a student of holistic reproductive health right now, um, training in reflexology to become a doula as well as energy healing. Um, the big thing that I've been finding with women is there's an imbalance of the feminine energy. And this was so true for me and was a big part of where I believe um, my painful periods came from, um, my diagnosis of PCOS, just how I've felt in my body as a woman um, in my younger life. And even sometimes now, it's still something that I'm working on to bring the feminine more into my life because we are both. We are both masculine and feminine energy. And sometimes, depending on where we are in our cycle or the phase of our life or, or the season or what we are doing, one expresses itself more than the other. And I've been noticing a lot um, and just hearing women share their stories with me that there's that commonality with the disconnect from the feminine. And I'm not saying like feminine as in we have to wear dresses or look a certain way or behave a certain way. I'm talking more about the energetics of that, that nurturing, receiving, self-love, slowing down, going inwards, tuning into your wisdom, trusting your intuition, moving from a more um, slower nurturing energy versus the masculine, which is very outwards and action and doing and go, 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 um, get things done. 
um, protection um, and what we're seeing in our society and how um, the Western world has been uh, built has been in from a very masculine energy. And unfortunately, the toxin, toxic side of that, but there's that imbalance. And I see it in how we treat Mother Earth. I see it in how we treat, um, and I say we as like a society and just what I've noticed, um, birthing women, um, our young girls, and also too, like the fact that men aren't allowed to express their full range of emotions, um, to feel sad, to cry, to connect with that feminine energy that they hold within the softer side, that nurturing side. So I'm seeing this huge imbalance and it's been coming up a lot in my life and something I'll be talking a lot about on the podcast, but it ties in beautifully with um, the story that I'm about to share with you today. And that is my story. And I feel that it's the right time to do so at the beginning so that those of you that are joining and listening, you can really get to know me um, and understand why this work is so important to me and why I feel that it's at this time right now that it's it's really coming out of me. And it's I keep getting that that nudge and that message that now is the time to share that this podcast has been birthed into this world in 2020 for a reason and that it's going to continue to be a source of nourishment for the listeners, but also for myself, an opportunity for myself to choose me, to choose what lights me up, to choose expressing myself in a way that feels really, really good. I love talking. I have always loved talking, and this gives me an opportunity to really do something that lights me up and also talk about things that I feel are really important, that I am curious about, and just share with you my journey, but also those um, of other women. So before we get into it, let's ground in. We will um, tune into the energy of our body, So if you haven't had the opportunity to tune into yourself today, wherever you're joining us from, take that moment. Now's the time to receive, to give yourself some nourishment and tune into the energy of you. So we will follow that breath pattern of inhaling for four, holding at the top for four and then exhaling for four. And if you are not already, I invite you to close your eyes. If you're listening to this while you're driving, please focus on driving and just allow yourself to receive the words and the energy behind the words and that frequency of love. But if you can close your eyes Place your hands on your womb space, just below your belly button, and begin to breathe long and deep. I invite you to send that fresh new air down through your body, 
into your womb, breathing in and sending it down into the earth. And I invite you to imagine that you are growing roots and you're sending them down to the core of the earth, connecting with that beautiful Gaia energy. And as you breathe in, bring that energy up from the earth, through your body, and out the top of your head to the stars and the moon. Breathing long and deep from top to bottom, bottom to top. Now I want you to bring your awareness to your physical body. What do you notice? How do you feel? Where are you in your menstrual cycle today or on your menopausal journey? What's happening with your digestive rhythm? Notice and observe, and without trying to change anything, tune in to the energy of your physical body and how it feels. How can you nourish her? Now I want you to bring your awareness to your energy body that permeates and surrounds your physical body, breathing long and deep. Notice how you feel. Are you tired? Are you buzzing? Do you feel grounded or scattered? Does your energy feel expansive or closed off? Notice and observe. Tune into your energy. How can you nourish her? Now I want you to bring your awareness to your mental and your emotional body. Notice how you feel. What thoughts are swirling around in your mind? What emotions are bubbling inside of you? What do you feel? Whatever comes up, just notice and observe and let it go. Breathe and feel into those emotions. Allow them to move through you and let them go. And ask yourself, how can I nourish her? Now I want you to bring your awareness to your intuitive body, the way we really know something, even when we can't explain it. That special kind of wisdom that comes from deep within, straight from source, your inner knowing that is insightful and true. Ask yourself, am I honoring my truth? Am I doing instinctively and intuitively what feels right for me? What is my inner wisdom guiding me to do? How can I honor and embody my inner knowing? Do I trust the whispers and soul nudges or do I ignore them? Notice and observe what comes up. How can you nourish her? Now bring your awareness to the bliss body this state of pure being, there is nothing to be asked. Breathe, tune in, and listen. How can you nourish her? Now take a moment 
to let everything fall away. Visualize yourself being covered and surrounded in beautiful white light, knowing that you are fully supported, you are loved, that everything you need comes from within. And remember that every time you need to come back to who you are at your core, she's waiting for you. And all you have to do is ask, how can I nourish her? So when you're ready, open your eyes, thank yourself for showing up, for giving to yourself, to allowing yourself to receive. And let's get into today's episode. So I was thinking this morning, what am I feeling called to share? And right away it was your story. Now's the time you've been sharing it with women a lot lately. I had the opportunity to hold space for numerous women today or this past week with my workshop on Saturday and again on Tuesday. And I shared my story with these women so that they could understand and see these connections of how our health and our reproductive health is impacted by the health of our mind, our body, our soul, and our womb. So today I wanna share with you where this all started or where at least I believe my journey started and the contributing factors um, that have brought me to this journey and have brought me to where I am today. And had I known as a young girl that I would be speaking so openly about my, my life experience and be speaking so openly about periods, be speaking so openly about just myself in such a raw way, I would have probably said, yeah, right. Because growing up, I was often told, you can't say that, or you talk too much. Um, On a lot of my report cards, um, and the running joke with teachers was, Rebecca is a very sunshiny individual, but we can't find the off button. And that's something that I laugh about now, but definitely as a kid, you don't want to hear that from a teacher or that to be even a joke. Um, so as a, an adult now overcoming those, those stories and, and those wounds and now sharing so openly and giving myself permission to share so openly is really empowering and refreshing and, I feel honored to be able to do this and um, 
we'll just get into it. And if this doesn't resonate with you, that's totally okay. But I share this um, for those who may be feeling like they're alone on this journey or not quite understanding why everything has happened to them the way that it has and just trying to navigate this self-healing journey on their own. This is for you to show you that you're not alone and that no matter what happens, when you choose yourself and you choose to nourish your mind, your body, your soul, your womb, everything changes and you actually allow that part of you, your soul to come through and shine and be who you came here to be and know that you can heal and you have everything you need within. So you'll, you'll see through my story how I've been able to do this and why this work has become my purpose. All right, no more procrastination. Let's get into it. So when I was young, and this is a, a memory that I have from very early on, specifically kindergarten, I came to this realization that in order to survive in this world, I would have to reject everything feminine about me. I had this strong realization and sense and fear that it wasn't safe to be a girl in this world. And to be honest, I don't really know where it came from because as a five, six-year-old, who thinks like that? Where, who has that awareness at that young, young age? But I remember being very aware that it was going to be challenging to be a young girl in this world and that I would be treated differently. And I just noticed the, the difference between um, how the, the young boys were being treated versus the young girls. So I came to that conclusion and rejected my femininity or what femininity meant to me at a very young age. And this was also a time when I experienced bullying for the first time. And I, I've always been a very aware person. Um, I've always been very connected to my emotions. I've always been a very emotional person. I've always been very open and giving with my love. Um, I love sharing my love with people in writing letters, um, now in voice notes, and just was always there for my young female friends. And I, I do remember that being wanting to just express love openly at that young age. And that was not very well received by my peers. And I was called weird. And, and because I was quote unquote, a little chubbier than the other girls, um, I was made fun of. And then this continued throughout elementary school. Um, and those, those young years, I was called Miss Piggy and Ham and Eggs. And the girls just really did not like me for some reason. Um, 
and I was teased a lot and it was really painful, but I never stopped um, expressing my love and I just in a way kept being me, but I also found myself feeling more silenced and uncomfortable and rejecting my body and wondering why am I the chubby kid and shopping was really challenging for me, especially for winter coats. I remember in, I think the grade five puffy bubble coats were really popular and I really, really wanted one because everyone was getting them, but I also was terrified because I didn't want to look fat. So that was the dialogue. Um, and how I felt as a young girl started very, very young. I rejected, um, my femininity and what that meant to me. And then I also created a very distorted image of my body from a very young age. And then when I got my first period, something that I, I thought I was going to be excited about because everyone was getting them. It was, I was 13, 14 years old. And, um, I realized, ugh, I don't want this. I don't, I, now I can't play and do all of these things and just felt really uncomfortable with that experience. And right from the beginning, my period was extremely painful um, and very irregular. As many girls are at the beginning, I think we go through, like as our body's transitioning and adjusting, it, it isn't this like traditional what they tell you like every 28 days, I think our bodies go through a period of, a, of adjusting and getting used to um, this new phase as our hormones are shifting. So my period was extremely irregular, extremely painful, and it was extremely heavy very much from the beginning. I would bleed through my clothing and at school because I was so disconnected and didn't know when it was coming. I was often very much unprepared and there were many times in school where I would bleed through my clothing and there was one time in particular where in grade 11 biology class, I bled through my pants onto the chair and had to leave obviously because you can't just stay there and um, I ended up calling my mom to come and pick me up and bled through the chair that was in the secretary's office too. But my period and my relationship with my period was very traumatic at the beginning. And it it just perpetuated this want of not wanting it, um, being really ashamed and scared and embarrassed. And just, again, disconnecting from my feminine nature, something that is a part of me and not really knowing what to do and how to navigate it. Um, And because I was so embarrassed and so ashamed, um, I begged my mom to let me go on birth control because I heard from other girls in high school who were starting to go on birth control that you get a regular cycle and you'll know exactly when it comes. And, oh, another amazing thing, you'll get breasts. And it was just like the cool thing to do to go on birth control. And it kind of gave you that status. And my mom really did not want me to go on it for good reason, but she um, booked an appointment with my doctor and I convinced her that this is what I wanted to do because it was really traumatic and I was in so much pain. So we went to the doctor and really without any 
hesitation or without any questions, she put me on it and said, yep, this will help with your pain. It will help with your being regular, um, all the things that they tell you. And um, at the time I was not sexually active. I was, that was the furthest thing from my mind. Um, So to be honest, I just wanted to be regular. So I started the pill at the age of 14 and grew boobs, gained weight, um, as many of us do. But I had that confidence of like, I know when my period's going to come and I'm going to be like everyone else. So that was my experience with my period from the beginning. And from then on, I just never thought about it, was completely disconnected, didn't know what was actually happening in my body, didn't know that my the pill is actually stopping ovulation. So you're not even having a regular cycle that that blood that we experience is not actual menstrual blood. It's different. Um, and just continued on, never got to experience my natural hormones, never got to experience the ebb and flow of my body. Um, and just continued on being on the pill until the age of 24. And at the age of 17, 18, um, in grade 12, I had my first sexual experience. And this was another pivotal moment in my story and in my, just one of those moments that really impacts you and impacts your life going forward. Um, I was with my boyfriend and thought I was in love and I don't know if I was feeling the pressure or if I did want to, um, but we started to have sex. And right away, I realized I'm not ready. This isn't for me. Um, My body just completely reacted and shut down. And I just knew that this was not the time. And felt it so deeply in my body. I started crying and didn't really know how to express at that moment that, no, this wasn't going to happen. And I remember just crying and crying and it's still happening. And then finally having some like visceral urge just to be like, no, no. And, um, I vocalized it and said, nope, I'm not doing this. I don't want this. And um, was very adamant about that. And the reaction obviously was probably quite traumatic for him as well, being his first experience and getting the go ahead and being a um, consensual um, decision made by both of us. But having me react that way was probably quite traumatic for him, but I cried and, um, begged for it to stop. And that didn't happen and begged again and begged again. And was just kept saying like, no, I don't want this. Like get off me. And, um, finally when he realized, okay, this isn't going to happen. Um, I need to stop pushing this and just accept that this isn't going to happen. His response was very angry and aggressive. And he said to me, you're not even worth finishing for. 
And those words have stayed for a very long time. I've, I've processed and allowed um, that not to be the truth for me. And it was never the truth to begin with. And it was just a reaction from him of feeling rejected. And it, it just was not a pleasant experience for either of us. But those words stayed with me for a very long time and con- continued that narrative of I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me. It's not safe to be a woman. Um, and it, it impacted me for a very, very long time and my experience with sex and how I felt about myself and my body and not feeling like I could open up or get vulnerable in that situation again with another person. So I completely would disassociate um, in times of intimacy with other people. and it took me a really long time to feel safe to come back into my body and know that I am worthy and that it is safe. And it was quite a journey from then on from that first experience to how that transpired in other relationships and how I felt the need to always be the the giver and please and not take care of myself or even allow myself to experience pleasure or surrender or let go. Um, So those words held a lot of power for a very, very long time. And for many, many years was always in the back of my mind. And it, it didn't just carry out through relationships. It was you're not good enough in other areas. And yeah, looking back, like I can see how how much of an impact that had on me and that rejection piece again of um, myself, my body, and um, my right to experience pleasure and be safe in that situation. So that was my first sexual experience and that... That is not something that I guess I've I've moved on from it now. Um, Thankfully, my sister um, held space for me and I was able to give those words back to him with love and say that I no longer allow these words to have power over me and was able to let that go. But I noticed how it continued to show up. And as I moved into university, which is often a very exciting time for young people. And we're so excited to be on our own and experience this freedom, meet new people. Perhaps we're leaving our hometowns and we're going somewhere far away. We're creating that autonomy in a huge way. Um, There also came a lot of fear. And for me, the fears that I experienced as I moved into this next phase was not so much, um, am I going to make new friends or what is it going to be like with, with meeting new girls from other places? My biggest fear that I had, um, was to do with my body. I was petrified of gaining that freshman 15, knowing that, um, I'd been shamed for being chubby, um, from such a young age, having that experience of you're not worth finishing for, 
creating a very distorted view of myself and my body. This was a huge fear that I had. And this is when I was first really introduced to the gym and working out. And as much as it gave me this sense of power and strength that I'd never had before, because I'm quite a strong woman, I can lift a lot of weight and have a very strong physical body. This is when that, that power and these feelings actually went into a place of being disempowered without me even realizing, um, I became obsessed with working out, became obsessed with clean eating and that whole diet culture, um, and would work out at the gym for three hours at a time, sometimes longer, and then come home and eat all the clean foods. And I experimented with paleo for the first time. And I watched my body transform from being just a normal girl with no muscle or that extra bit of body fat into being this lean, powerful, strong, muscular, zero body fat woman. And for the first time I was getting praised for my body. I was getting attention because I looked like a fitness model. I was getting respect from men because I was strong and could lift a lot of weight. And that made me feel really good about myself, but it also created this narrative that my worth and my value come from having this type of body and looking a certain way and being able to be like one of the guys in the gym. Um, and it turned into an obsession. And also I developed orthorexia at the time with this fear of eating anything that wasn't quote unquote clean. And I got down to 127 pounds. And for me, that's a that's really quite a low weight. Um, naturally, my frame likes to sit around 145, 150, 155 max in and around there. And I was basically just lean muscle and bones and had no body fat. So I was still on the pill, but wasn't getting... Um, had I not been on the pill, probably wouldn't have had a period because I just didn't have enough body fat to support, um, my menstrual cycle. My hair was falling out at the time. I have really, really, really naturally curly hair and my hair was becoming straight. The texture was changing. Um, I just wasn't taking care of myself. I was so obsessed with working out that I remember watching the biggest loser and at night, late at night and like working out during the commercials and feeling like I need to be fit and small and continue to make myself smaller and smaller because that makes me more acceptable and liked and accepted by society. And eventually this turned into a dangerous thing because I went through a period too in university where I actually did drink. Um, and then that shifted and I would binge drink and put myself in very dangerous situations. Um, I ended up in the hospital one night, cracked my head open because I 
had gone to my cast party. I was in still doing musical theater and I had not eaten enough food to support the binge drinking and I blacked out and smoked my head off of a countertop and cracked my head open and ended up having to go to the hospital and getting numerous stitches, um, concussing. And it, it just like, I was so unaware because I was so focused on my physical appearance and being accepted and liked because of how I looked. And when I finally left university and moved back home, I was very lost. I didn't know what my identity was. I didn't know who I was. I ended up not finishing school. I had I left with half a credit because I was just done. I didn't want to do it any longer. Um, my original plan to become a teacher, that didn't f- feel right for me. I didn't agree with the education system and didn't want to be a part of it. So I really just had zero direction or focus or purpose and moved back home, which didn't feel great because we're supposed to finish school and start our dream jobs and just life is amazing and you're supposed to have a plan. And I really just had nothing. I didn't know what I was doing. So moved back home, started serving um, because that was something that I knew I could at least make money. And I was still in that environment of fun and drinking and feeling empowered, but there was still a lot of unfortunate bullying, cattiness on both parts. Like I take full responsibility of how I showed up as well. And I wasn't in a great loving headspace for myself. So how could I be um, a good friend to other girls? So it was just not a good time. I was still drinking Um, I would have sneak wine in my bedroom when I finished work and at the time was dating a guy who I fell for and found out that he was cheating on me. So my whole life imploded. Um, and it was just not a good time. I was still working out, still not taking care of myself, had no direction, um, I might've been on the pill, might've not been on the pill. And when I wasn't on it, um, still was not getting a regular cycle, but was so disconnected. Like just, there was so much self-hatred happening at that time of my life. And I knew intuitively that something would have to change because I couldn't continue to stay in my hometown and be in these toxic friendships and, in this toxic life that I was creating without any direction. My parents were like, well, why aren't you finishing this credit? Like you finished this university degree and I just didn't want to do that. So I knew I needed to leave. And my friend's little sister told me that she had gone to Banff the summer before and that you could go and get a job at one of the hotels and have an incredible experience in the Rocky mountains and make money depending on what job you had. I applied as a server and I thought, wow, this is exactly what I need. And I am not someone to make decisions like that or feel confident to leave home. I'm very much a homebody 
and really love the comforts of my environment. I'm an empath. So being out in the world can be a lot at times. I'm very sensitive. And this just spoke to me and I knew, okay, if I I can't stay here, so what else am I going to do? And I just trusted my intuition to follow this nudge of like, go to the mountains, go to Banff, take yourself out of this comfort zone, do something completely different. And this was a moment that you'll hear in the next section because good old Mercury retrograde stopped the recording. And I'm actually recording this piece because it cut out um, on Friday. But this was the moment that changed everything. So before going to Banff, I said to myself, okay, like, let's do some adulting. Let's go get a pap test. Let's go and get some ducks in a row, figure out if you're going to be on the pill or not. And this is where in the next section of the, this episode, you'll hear about this story. That was another monumental moment. And it's interesting how all of these, these moments now looking back all happened for a reason and it all makes sense because it's brought me to where I am now. So we'll continue on with this next section of this episode. And then if you've stayed this long, thank you. Um, And um, you'll be hearing about my experience at the doctor's office after my, my pap test and what transpired after that. You're going to notice in the episode that there is a cutoff point because I accidentally pressed stop recording. So this is the second half. So I went to my doctor and I was explaining to her how I'd been off the pill, but I was never getting a period. And um, just was explaining that I had a lot of pain, that it was irregular. Um, I was experiencing some acne and all of these things and how I just really wanted to get to the root cause and kind of figure out what was going on and really not feeling like I wanted to be on the pill anymore. And she kind of looked at me and, and we had a very short conversation, but she basically said to me, well, I think you have PCOS. And when I asked her what that was, she kind of explained, but not really. Um, and then when I said, okay, well, what does that mean? And she said, well, it causes irregular periods and it's actually going to make it possibly very difficult for you to have children in the future. And as someone who's always wanted to be a mom, intuitively have felt this at such a young age, um, had a very motherly instinct with all of my dollies um, and just knew this was what I was going to do. I was going to be a mom. This hit me really hard. And I asked her, like, what can I do to change this outcome? Because I really want to be a mom. And she told me not to get fat. And I understand why now understanding just like the impact of excess body fat and how it supports um, uh, estrogen dominance and just having too much insulin and all of that in the body. So I can understand her logic and her reasoning behind it, but the delivery was just like, whoa. And coming from that background of disordered eating, that was hugely triggering. 
And then also to hear like you're, you're going to have trouble having a baby. It spiraled me. So before moving to Banff, it again, like I completely rejected my body again, thinking, wow, you've let me down. I'm not worthy. Um, I'm not good enough. All of those things, all of those stories. And I went on a crazy, just shame spiral and continued to not take care of myself, continued to drink, all of those things, and was was kind of imploding and self-sabotaging and all of that because I just, I had no love and no self-worth and just my, my world was coming down. I just didn't know what to do. So I moved to Banff and that's when everything changed. And it, as I said, it was in 2012. And the first time I saw the mountains, I knew I was home and that what I was about to do was to truly transform my life, not knowing exactly how it was going to happen, but I just had that knowing of like, big things are going to happen here. And you came here for a reason. And the first time I saw those mountains, tears just flooded down my cheeks and I felt like I was coming home. And shortly after being there, I met my now husband. And this is where my my self-healing journey began because I decided after meeting him, like this is the man knowing um, right away, like we're, we're soulmates, twin flames, and we have been inseparable ever since, that this was the human that I was going to have kids with. And I was going to do everything in my power to make that happen and figure out what was going on with my periods, figure out how to um, support myself without really knowing that's what I was doing. I just knew like, I've got to make changes and this person is worth it. And I am going to do whatever it takes. So within a year of us being together, we lived in Banff and we decided after eight months of knowing each other. Okay. Yeah, we're doing this. We moved in together and the rest was history. And shortly after that, while we were living in England, and I share this in the Fit Chicks podcast, when I first really had these conversations with Amanda, um, that was a time in my life where I went the complete opposite and the extreme of being orthorexic to completely binge eating, drinking, allowing myself to explore and experience the culture and just it was Christmas time and all of that, but I ended up gaining a lot of weight. And again, still wasn't having a period, felt so dis- disconnected from my body, so ashamed. And um, I ended up getting to the heaviest weight I've ever been. And, and numbers don't matter, but it just was not, it didn't feel good. And I knew I wasn't healthy. And I remember sitting on the floor crying, being like, what the fuck, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I have no direction. I'm back where I started. I'm unhealthy. I'm depressed. What, what am I doing? And this opportunity came up. Um, my sister shared this with me to become a fitness and nutrition instructor and personal trainer. And I loved working out. I was obsessed with it, but I realized that if I was going to embark on this journey, I really had to look at my relationship with food and learn how to work out effectively and all of that. So this is where that self-healing journey began, where I actually started to learn 
because I signed up through Amanda, talked to her and was like, yep, this is for me. I feel like I have purpose here. I can share my story and this feels really, really good. And I learned how to nourish my body for hormones. Um, I learned how to properly work out and everything was going really, really well. I felt like so aligned in my purpose and thought I'm going to be a personal trainer and this is what I'm going to do. But my periods were still off and I was still very disconnected from my body. Everything was very much for um, aesthetics. It wasn't for health fully, hadn't made that transition. And I just really was not wasn't coming at it from a fully holistic perspective. There was a lot of wounds to be healed. Um, and I knew that. So the next opportunity came up to, um, embark on a journey of becoming a holistic nutrition coach and wellness coach for women. And that's when the shifts really started to happen. When I really learned, um, about holistic health and the mind, the body, the soul, and how everything's so interconnected, it made sense. And I started to really dig deep into my own wounds and my the stories I've been telling myself and really started focusing on my cycle. And that was still super irregular. Um, and I just wanted to know why, because I knew I didn't want to be on birth control anymore. Like I intuitively was like, this is not going to be for me. So that's when I embarked on this journey of figuring out how to balance my hormones naturally, how to connect with my sexuality again, connect with my femininity. And I hired self-worth coaches who this woman I will forever be grateful for. She truly opened my eyes up to how my beliefs and the decisions that I was making were creating the stories that were continuing this dialogue of not being worthy. And she just, she was a huge part of my awakening. And it was through doing this inner child work and healing and then learning from a lot of teachers in England, finding a lot of resources about our cycles through them and hearing these stories from other women that I started to make all these connections of how um, this disconnect from the feminine, the choices that I was making, um, my female relationships and experiences with bullying, all of that was contributing to um, my irregular periods and my my lack of connection to my womb space. And long story short, over the last eight years, I've been really focused on healing my relationship with my body, getting to a place where I love my body just as it is, not pushing myself, not trying to look a certain way, but working out because it feels good, working out because it makes me feel strong, working out because my body craves it, but moving my body in alignment with my cycle and knowing that there's a time and a place to do high intensity interval training. There's a time and a place to push myself to the max, but there's also a time and place to rest and take care and go inwards and nurture myself. And that's been so healing to balancing 
my masculine and feminine energy and just really supporting my hormones in my body. And then I zeroed in on the nutrition element and learned as much as I could about how to support my hormones and what foods are more supportive and just healing that relationship with food and the orthorexia and the binge eating and all of the things that I experienced. And then seeing how that was actually impacting my cycle as well. But the big piece that I have found, and I talked about this at the beginning of the episode, was that wound with the feminine. And over the last probably two years, I've been really focused on that work. And because of that, it's brought me on this incredible journey of reconnection and seeing how many women in the world are so disconnected from their cycle don't even know that they have four phases, um, are living out of alignment and why that's causing so many reproductive health conditions in women and why there are so many women that are suffering from dis-ease. And it's brought me to this place of, I want to learn more. I want to know why. And now I'm at a place where I'm now embarking on this journey of becoming a reproductive health practitioner to fully understand the ins and outs, but as well, I'm going to be a doula. And that goes back to the whole piece of me being a mom one day. And that was a huge wound to heal for me to know that, yes, I will be a mom and it's probably going to happen sooner than I think and wrapping my head around that and just knowing and having this inner knowing over the last couple of years that I'm here to support other women who have had similar experiences and who are ready to embark on this journey of motherhood and maybe have no idea how to support their bodies or have lots of inner child work that is still haunting them or just really see the importance of nourishing their mind, their body, their soul, their womb before creating life. And that is how this journey has come full circle, that everything that I went through led me up to this point. And it was all meant to happen. And it happened in its divine time. And I am now at a place in my life where I'm grateful for everything because it's brought me to my purpose, which is to support women before bringing children in this, into this world. And then also supporting them through their fertility and pregnancy and birth journey. So I share this today, my story with you so that you can fully understand why this work is so important and make those connections of the mind, the body, the soul, the womb. And when one area is out of balance or not getting the nourishment, and that's not just food, that's how we speak to ourselves, the choices we make, our lifestyle choices, all of that. When something in one of those areas is out of balance, then the whole system is out of balance. And that's why I take a very holistic approach to health. And if you work with me, we're not just going to figure out your nutrition and your and your movement and those lifestyle pieces. We're really going to do that inner healing work to 
break the cycles of conditioning, break the cycles of generational and ancestral trauma, um, because a lot of those things and the experiences of our mothers and our grandmothers actually get passed down to us. And we are now in a place in, in this time where I feel that so many women are rising up and choosing to heal these wounds. And it's so that we can break those cycle for the next generation. We can't continue to live this way. And that's, that's what I'm here to teach and share. So today's episode was a little introduction into who I am as a person, why I'm here to do what I'm here to do, why I'm so passionate about what I do, why I'm confident that I can help women because I've walked it. I have been through all of those those things that bring us out of alignment and out of balance and bring us away from our soul. And I have spent the time reconnecting to come back to my center, to be that nourished woman and to nourish her, my highest self, mind, body, soul, womb. So I share this to let you know that if you're embarking on your journey, maybe you're already on it and you're not really sure where to go or what to do, and you're looking for support, um, you're not alone. You don't have to do this alone. There are coaches and teachers and mentors out there who can help you. And you just have to find someone that aligns and resonates and allow yourself to, to do the work because it's the most transformative thing that you can do. It's the greatest, I feel, um, expression of love for self. So we will end today's episode here. Hopefully I can figure out how to put these two recordings together. Gotta love, it's seriously Mercury retrogrades happening, um, but it's just a lesson and a test and I will pass. But thank you for listening today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for hearing my story and if you feel called to share and connect, I would love to hear from you. Know that this is a safe place, that you are welcome to come exactly as you are and that you don't have to walk this path alone because the one big thing that I have learned and this is keeps coming up over the last couple of years is that you do not have to do this alone. Find those people that will help you create that community. Find those sisters like my girl Sam today who will hold space for you, who will encourage you to continue to choose yourself and remember that you have everything you need within. I'm sending you so much nourishing love and have a beautiful rest of your day, your night. I'm off to support Andy as he teaches a beautiful, relaxing yoga practice, and I'm going to allow myself to receive. All right. Until next time, with nourishing love. <laughs>